Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Well, good morning and welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Today is November 28th. It's our first Sunday in the season of Advent, in our Advent series, Light in the Darkness. And we looked at two passages this morning, Isaiah chapter 7 and then 1 John chapter 1. And we we, we looked at various verses uh, more specifically within those passages. But, but, but the crux of it is that we met King Ahaz, and he is king over Judah. God promises or offers his, his help for him in a difficult circumstance. Ahaz rejects it. Then God says, well, I'm going to promise a sign anyway, because I'm faithful. And he says, a child will be born, his name will be Emmanuel. And then we heard in John's gospel where John says, and God had fulfilled that promise that Emmanuel had come, he's dwelled with us, he's the light of the world and the darkness cannot overcome him. And so we, as we're just chewing through here this morning about through that sermon and through the questions that come up from that text here this morning, I'm joined by uh, Mark Henderson, our executive pastor. Oh, hey. Hey, Kyle. Oh, hey, Mark. How I'm are here. you? Great. Mark, uh, if you're in service here this morning, Mark Mark joined and asked live questions. We had live Q&A this morning at the end of the teaching time. Mark was there first hour. Pastor Joseph, Joseph Scarfone, was uh, asking questions second hour. So we had a good a good conversation in the service, uh, but also it's just a joy and a li- delight to be able to do this here uh, because we believe in God's Word. We believe in the power and the authority of God's Word over our lives. But we also want to create a, a dialogue around God's Word. Yeah. And so we want to wrestle with some some things uh, from the passage, from the teaching this morning, uh, in that way, and give you a vehicle to ask your questions. So thanks again for the questions that you've texted in this morning, and for us to be able to just uh, have this, for Mark and I to have this conversation here with you in this way. So, Mark, one of the things that came up today was this idea about just being a practical family practices within Advent. Yeah. And Advent's a season of both remembering and looking forward. We remember Jesus came, God fulfilled his messianic promise, and we look forward to the second coming of Jesus where God says he will come again mm-hmm. and he'll finish the work he started on the cross. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we talked about it in service a little bit, but um, yeah, what, what are just some, let's revisit it just to open mm-hmm. up the podcast here today, because I think it's such an important question. We complicate faith. And, and, and faith practices so often, yeah. and then it becomes discouraging because they become uh, non-sustainable, mm-hmm. they're not repeatable, and really no one likes them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not enjoyable. Yeah. So um, as, you've, as you've raised, you and Carrie mm-hmm. have raised three kids, um, what are just things that you've done over the years to help focus this Christmas season, not on presents, not on gifts, yeah. you know, not on those worldly things, um, but on the real true meaning of this Advent season that we're in, that God loves us, God sees us, God cares for us, and he's drawn near to us in yeah. Jesus. So yeah, yeah. yeah. what good. are some practical things you've done? Yeah, that's super helpful. I, yeah, I, I'll uh, even go back farther is I think growing up had, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think some simple things that like my mom especially did with us is we had a uh, we had the Advent candles in the yeah. middle of our table, so, yeah. and we got to play with fire to light those candles. So as a boy, that was a fun. There you go. To get to run the lighter or the go. matches. Or, the blowtorch. Yeah, yeah. So that's always good. That's fun. Um, so enjoyed having candles. Uh, it was unique for that season. Yeah. And then we had a, an Advent calendar where we'd open doors mm-hmm. on a little yep. thing on the wall and kind of yeah. count down to Christmas. And yeah. But then each of those, uh, for at least number of years, each of those stories had a little reading 
about, you know, Jesus is about to come, you know, so yeah. it would kind of highlight yeah. that. Yeah. And it would, it probably took just, you know, a few minutes, uh, throughout each, a meal each week. And, yep. Um, yeah. but it was memorable. Like I still remember that. Then I'd say for us, I think Carrie and I, uh, frankly probably fell out of that practice either. Mm. Sometimes I think I overcompensate as a pastor, not wanting our house to be too yeah like, yeah. like, Oh, we have to do all the spiritual things. We have to do all the recommended Christian things. Yeah. And so maybe an unintentionally avoiding some of that. And then sometimes then not replacing it with something better and just yeah. not doing really anything. Yeah. And uh, so I just wanted to say here is I think if you're that family where you feel like we haven't been that family, we don't do yeah. these things. Our kids are not used to it. Yeah. I don't know where to begin. Yeah. Um, I think what Carrie and I have found is maybe we haven't done it for a couple of years and yeah. we've done other, you know, conversational things, mm-hmm. but I think that the intentional like physical reminders that for some of you feel cheesy, like you don't yeah. like that kind yeah. of thing, Yeah, but, but they're tangible and memorable yes. for your kids. Like yes. having something to touch and feel and yeah. smell and, you know, like yeah. those things stick with us. They do. And so even if you're not that family, uh, you know how you become that family, you start doing it, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. So just hey, this year we are that family. Yeah. We're going to try it, you know, yeah. and, and see how it goes. So yeah. I just encourage people, um, yeah, to, to Google something, right. Yeah. Go, go to a, a store and find an idea and go yeah. with it, you know, yeah. just, uh, begin building that into your family tradition. I, I so appreciate that. And I said this at the end of the second service was that we, we should not underestimate small steps of obedience. Right. And I'm, I'm with you. I think as a pastor, sometimes we're so inundated with spiritual things, right. That we can often uh, miss that in our family lives. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of people look at us as pastors and go, Oh man, they've got it all together. Right. They're right. You're the experts. And really it's like, well, we struggle just as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I think growing up, we, the church that I went to growing up, we had the Advent wreath, the candles. We'd read, you, you know, with, with Advent, there are selected passages, so you don't even have to find the passages. Right. There's a rhythm to it. And often there are Advent devotionals, right? So you don't even have to come up with, mm-hmm. well, what does this mean? Yeah. There's a lot of great resources out there that you can just talk about. And I think taking five minutes as a family, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we use uh, Advent calendars, right? They've yep. got a the little scripture on them, then we hang them on the tree. Uh, our advent calendar, you hang them on the tree and, uh, and then sometimes you get a, you get some chocolate with it. Right. So it's, it's, it's really is, it's more about that carrot than that stick. Yeah. So look for know? the advent calendar with chocolate, chocolate. on yeah. Google. Yeah. yeah. That's uh that's good. Right. I mean, and those are things that you can get the Christian bookstore here in Ames. Mm-hmm. Dog-eared books probably has something, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty, they're pretty culturally normal yeah. at this season. And so. But I, but I love, I love the heart Is it too here. late? We're already at week one. Would it's okay. Just, just wait start. till next year or? No. No, you could go ahead and. Yeah, do it. <laughs> just, just do it. start with week two if you have week, to. Start right? with week two. <laughs> That's right. Or, you know, or uh, start with week one. Yeah. And then finish up a week after Christmas. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right? W- wouldn't be the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. I think it's, it's cultivating those faithful, simple practices. And I think we even talked about in the service was some things about, utilizing journals or making lists, mm-hmm. writing things down, right? Where we, where when we feel God is distant and we're in an intentional season, we take an intentional season to simply make it for a gratitude journal. Yeah. What am I thankful for that God has blessed me with? Mm-hmm. Let me just start writing them down. And I loved your, your comment. You said, I got to think like a six-year-old sometimes. Yeah, that's right. right. Because we do, we need childlike faith. You know, when I ask my kids, what are they thankful for? They'll give me some ludicrous things. <laughs> But the genuine thing is, 
they really they really see God's yeah. blessings. Yeah. Somebody loved me and they mm-hmm. gave me this, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is, or I've got the cool shoelaces, you know. Yeah. Whatever it is. I think I think even you said this is that we can we can uh, feel too old or too grown up for some of those things, and yet it's often even in those little things that mm-hmm. God blesses us and yeah. we, we acknowledge it. So, just cultivating those rhythmic practices um, is really important, and I think there's also freedom. So, you're giving us freedom mm-hmm. and grace to say, if it hasn't been you, that's right, that's okay. We all struggle with it. Start it. Yeah, give it right? a try. Yeah, give it a try. Yeah, and you know and. Little acts of obedience are big steps, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I think, let me also give the other freedom is that these seasonal things don't have to go on forever. Yeah, that's right. right? Yep. Often seasonal habits turn into long-term habits mm-hmm. or they, you know, where they morph into something long-term, but you don't need to do an advent wreath all year, all year round. That's right. right. Yeah. You don't have to keep a gratitude journal all year round. Yeah. It's not, it's not this, Ooh, now I have to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. There's freedom to say, Hey, that was helpful in this moment. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to go do something else. That's right. Right. Yeah, that's and so, helpful. so there's freedom on both sides, right? Um, if something feels dry, you don't have to keep plugging away at it. Try mm-hmm. something else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Pastor Joseph shared something that he got on Amazon with the ornaments and it's basically an advent wreath with ornaments or an advent calendar with ornaments mm-hmm. and, and you get it on Amazon. Again, just any small yeah. step of obedience. Yeah here in this way, I think is what an if, important thing. What if your family's really good at like sarcasm and dry humor? Do you have an advent calendar for that? Maybe is there a way to, um, <laughs> to put your own special touch on that, I think. I how can you be sarcastic about the birth of the Messiah? <laughs> I don't know. I know uh, a few people will probably uh, work it in. Yeah, They'll, they'll find yeah. a way. Uh, that's a whole other, sarcasm is a whole other conversation here. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that's good. That's I think, again, Small steps of obedience. Yeah. We shouldn't underestimate them. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't underestimate That's them. That's great. Yeah, That's thanks helpful. for sharing that. Yeah, another another question, really, really thoughtful question, so I appreciated this, is, uh, yeah, just somebody appreciated you being open and sharing about, you know, just the struggle of anger yeah. and how in different seasons of your life uh, you have to kind of come back and revisit that and yeah. rework on, God, yeah. what do you, how do I continue to, to get this out of my out of my life and out of my reactions. Yeah. Uh, so this person also struggles with anger and, uh, and sees the generational elements of that. Uh, so anything you want to share about the plan, you know, how, yeah. how have you practically begun to, to work some of that out of your life and, uh, might help some other people out? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think, you know, part of it, a share because I want us to know that our pastors are being sanctified, yeah. right? Our pastors yeah. are being called out of our own sin and we're struggling with things just as much as anybody else is struggling. And, and yet, you know, we, we got to turn to Jesus. And mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah, so this has been a, a, a repeated pattern in my life. And again, it, it became uh, a light was shined on it through a godly man yeah, who spoke some important truth into my life at a, at a crucial season. Mm-hmm. So um, surround yourself, right? Part of the plan, part of my, my plan has been, Surround yourself with other godly, right? I'm a man yeah. with other godly men mm-hmm. who can read my mail yeah. and call me out and call me up. Yeah. Right? Another so godly me. women for women. Yeah. yeah. Have yep. somebody who can speak into that with yep. you. Yeah. Paul says that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, in, in, uh, is it Timothy? Is it Timothy or Titus? Where does Paul say that? Uh, where older, older, uh, younger women are to be counseled and, mm-hmm. uh, by older women yeah. and uh, older men are to be training up younger men. If you Google it, it'll tell you which. Yeah. 
yeah. book of the Bible that's in. It's in the Bible. <laughs> it is. Um, I think it's Timothy, First Timothy. <laughs> anyway, um, so, but I think that there, there's, there's significant truth to that, right? Yeah. We need people uh, to be able to read our mail and to, to call us out of our mm-hmm. sin and call us up into righteousness. So that's part of the plan is being, being able to invite that. I think another side of it is then secondly, just recognizing and going, I'm going to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the acknowledgement of I'm going to have to deal with it. So my part of my life is, oh yeah, I dealt with it. I fixed it. I'm over it. Yeah. Right. It's gone. It's in the past. You want to move on. I just want to yeah. move on. But I have to be honest mm-hmm. and say, but it's not. Yeah. And, you know, and then, and then I think secondly is what I've realized that I need to do. And sometimes I'm better about it. And sometimes I'm not so great about it is to, I need space to process why I'm angry. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I've, I've learned to control my tongue. Mm-hmm. Don't say things that you're going to regret. Why? Because I've said things I've regretted. Yeah. And, and it's that realization of going, well, that feeling of regret is worse than me saying, I'm going to take a break. Mm-hmm. I need 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to a quiet room and I'm going to chew on what is really grinding my gears in this yeah. moment. So, so, like, so like, like, do you ask yourself some questions? Like what, like when you're processing what has made me so angry, what's yeah. helped you get at, you yeah. know, really understanding that better in different moments? Yeah. So I just, example from this weekend, uh-huh. right? I had this. Is uh, it me? It was, was it? Was it, it was, me, Kyle? It was not you, Mark. Okay, okay. It was not you. I didn't see you this weekend. <laughs> That's true. We texted was, this we weekend. We texted a little bit. We texted. Yeah, at the game. Um, but so we, so we actually were at this, we were at this game where I was at the game on Friday with my kids. Mm. Um, and we just had some interactions and there were some behaviors with my kids that were, uh, really, I just got, I got really irritated and really frustrated. And so when we got home after, after the game, I just was, I was, my wheels were just spinning internally. Uh, right. Uh. And I was doing everything I could to not take it out on my kids. And people who battle anger, yeah. I'm sure know exactly. Yeah. Right? They can, they know yeah. that feeling of yeah. what exactly you're yeah. talking about. It is yeah. escalating inside yeah. of me. I'm yeah. deeply frustrated at this point. And we actually had a really great time with the kids, you know? And so in hindsight, I can see that. But so we got home and I literally just, I took 10 minutes. I went by myself mm. Danielle said, how was the game? And I said, I need some space. Mm-hmm. And she knows that's a code word for us that she knows what that means for me. And as I processed through it, I went again going, okay, what really made me angry? Mm-hmm. And I was actually able to separate in that moment, just replaying the the events of that night going, oh, there were some interactions with people at the game yeah. that, that were really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then there were these little things that my kids did that added to that frustration. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, being able to separate and go and play those events back and go, no, 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 no. What my four-year-old did or what my six-year-old or, or my, my seven-year-old or my nine-year-old did, they were normal kid things. Yeah. And without this other interaction, mm-hmm. I would have been more than patient with them. Yeah. But gotcha. when it compiled and it you know piled on, yep. um, right, and then I, so I was able to go and then go, oh, wait, there was this one behavior mm-hmm. that really was a heart of lack of gratitude with one of my kids that does need to be addressed. Gotcha. But as I was pulling into the house, I just wanted to lay everybody out. Right. <laughs> you know, and I had, I had beef with all of my children uh, and with, you know, and it was like, but that's not true. Yeah. You know? So what I, so the two practices that I found here are one, I need, I need 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and then playing the events back to go, what really triggered that feeling in me mm-hmm. and what's worthy of a legitimate conversation with somebody 
or what's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's super and helpful. And so, um, and so, yeah. So then I was able to have a focused conversation with a much more calm Kyle mm-hmm. with my, with my one, my one child and to identify and say, Hey, when you responded this way, it showed me that you weren't grateful for the unique experience that we were able to go have together. Yeah. And I was excited to be there with you. And this is how it makes me feel. Right. And so we were able to identify those things and talk through mm-hmm. that. But in the moment I was ready to just fire off, you know? So, but I think anger is something or even our tempers that we come by honestly, and we've inherited them yep. and there's a generational aspect to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I grew up in a blue collar, hardworking town where it was often just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and so anger is a pretty normal response yeah. for a lot of, a lot of things. Um, so it's just taken years and work mm-hmm. to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Mark, for yeah. yourself? Yeah, that's great. That's helpful. Uh, helpful to hear the process you think through. And I think for me, my, uh, uh, I'll, I'll share a, a little bit of an opposite story. I had a, a dad who was extremely patient and not quick to anger, quick to listen. Yeah. Um, and he was a principal. So he got to talk to angry parents is usually what I saw was uh, on the phone uh, with a cord attached to the wall, old school phone. Old school. And uh, so the phone would ring and dad's got to answer this yeah. in the kitchen or the living room. Yeah. Right with all of us sitting there watching as an audience. And, uh, but yeah, he just, he handled those situations really well. So I think my model is that. Yeah. And then my, but my mom uh, would say too, she was quick to anger and had show that generational example yeah. of, uh, yeah, you just blow up, you know what I mean? You just, you feel things and you blow up and yeah. let it fly and yeah. deal with the consequences later. Yeah. Um, tended to be, uh, you know, her example. And uh, so, so actually I think mom was working through that as when I was a kid. And so she would share, like she would share with me that her and dad talked about her anger mm. and, and advice that dad would give her. Yeah. And like, she would then share that with me. Yeah. And so I think as a kid, it was important uh, too. So as you're learning to deal with your own anger, feel free to break that generational, yeah. you know, cycle yeah. by sharing what you're learning yeah. with your kids. Yeah. Because they may have learned some of your anger yeah. <laughs> before you start to decide to do something yeah. different. And then yeah. they're watching you change and maybe they don't understand it. And yeah. so if you take some moments here and there, just to explain how you're dealing with anger, I think is was super helpful for me yeah. just to know. And a lot of it was like just leaning into Christ and leaning into yeah. um, the spirit in those moments that mom knew she needed to choose to not be angry. Uh, she felt like she had no control over it. It, yeah. was, it was something that happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, they yeah, walked and, through that, you know, you have a choice of how you react. Yeah. You can choose this way or this way. Yeah. And that's what she shared with me as a kid. I think we were on the farm chasing some cows that had gotten out and she was not happy. <laughs> and so she talked that through with me afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's Mark, that's so helpful. And I think even as you said that, you know, when I apologize to my kids, so I had a victory on Friday with my mm-hmm. temper. Good. On good. Saturday I had to apologize. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so let me again, let me share. Uh, it, it, I'm a work in progress. Yeah. Right. But when I, talked to my child that I was really upset with on, on Saturday. And it wasn't that I was upset about something that wasn't worth being upset about. Right. I was, mm-hmm. and it was worth being upset about, but the way that I spoke was not 
yeah. proper. Yeah. Right. And so I had to sit down and say to them, I'm sorry for that. The way I spoke to you was not right. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think it's more than even just acknowledging the, the apology. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let's mm-hmm. just move on. Yeah. No, no, no. If I want to break that generational sin with my children, let me begin to walk them through what wasn't right about the way that I spoke. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the word that I used. Yeah. Um, and frankly, in that moment, it was just, I was just too impatient. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I just had to say to my child, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't give you enough time to explain yourself. Yeah. Right. In the end. Yeah. They did something that we needed to have a conversation about, but it wasn't worth something that I needed to blow, you know, blow up, yeah. but I was just being really impatient. Right. Mm-hmm. And so walking them through, talking them through, here's what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. Here's what I should have done. Yeah. Will you forgive me for that? Yeah. That's super helpful. You know, but mm-hmm. we're also going to talk about the thing that you did wrong mm-hmm. as well. Right. Yeah. We're going to have this moment here. Yeah. And so we had a, this takes a lot of time. It just Kyle. takes time. It takes time. <laughs> it feels like that's, that's one of our struggles yeah. is it takes time yeah. to process through those things. You need patience yes. to deal with that when yeah. you just want to move on and forget yeah. it all. So yeah. And then you feel, I, I often will feel like an idiot when I blow up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man, I did it again or whatever it is. And so with my wife or with my kids or, you know, wherever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so a little bit of humility yeah, uh, required it, to walk through that. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. And God gives us that. God gives us that strength to walk through those things. So, um, yeah, cool. so there's a little yeah, bit more about my, that. my journey that's, there. That's super that. helpful. Yeah. Well, we got this question. It was a, it's a tough, it's a tough passage in 17, 717, where God says he's going to pour out mm. <laughs> this wrath, right? Ahaz makes a, makes a f- just terrible decision to not trust God. And then there's generational sin and brokenness that comes from it. So we've got a question here that says, are you or the Bible suggesting that God punished an entire people for years and years because of Ahaz's decision? Why should I be punished by God because someone else didn't accept God's offer? Yeah. That's a really good question. Yeah. I think it's a really important question. Uh, there's two perspectives here. In the Old Testament, uh, there was we bring a, a high degree of individualism to ourselves. Right. We see ourselves as independent entities. Mm-hmm. The culture of the Old Testament was not that. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, so there, there's it's a shame honor context, mm-hmm. and, and so there's this idea that one person's stuff is poured out onto everybody. The, the group, yeah, the, the group, community, the group yeah. feels and bears that. So, especially with the leader, right? Yeah. This is the leader of that group. Yeah. 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 And, and so, so we've got to understand that there's a bit of that context that's going on mm-hmm. that uh, when what we bring to the party is a very different worldview yeah. and even a very different philosophical set of eyes than what uh, an original reader of this passage would have, would have believed or would have read into or would have understood how humanity fits into, into context and community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the Bible also very much says, man, sin is, is an act of rebellious war against God. Yeah. And he is a just God and he will hold us accountable for those things. So um, yes, God does hold us accountable. The the Bible doesn't present anything else other than that truth, Mm -hmm. which again is kind of hard for us. It it doesn't go at our, at our nature. But I think, you know, Mark, you've said this before in the, uh, in the past. And as we even talked about this is that there's just some real practical realities to sin. Yeah. Negative practical realities to Mm -hmm. sin. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So Ahaz here. He makes a bad choice, and his bad choice is to invite Asher, king of Assyria, to be his ally. Yeah. And when he does that, he ceases any sense of real autonomy mm-hmm. or any sense of uh, sovereign sovereignty for his nation. Yeah. Because he's now allied with a much stronger nation. And Asher knows that 
Ahaz needs him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's he's put himself in a bad situation. Yeah. And so what he does, there's just a very practical reality here. His sinful decision brings in uh, a kingdom that mm-hmm. is opposed to God's values mm-hmm. and really has no care or concern for Ahaz's people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they're gonna they're gonna run rampant. Um, in fact, Nahum, the prophet Nahum, will describe Nineveh, the capital city of Assyria, as a city where blood flows in the gutters. Wow. And bodies are piled so high that you trip over them when you walk down the street. Mm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> like that's how Nahum so describes the capital city of Assyria, and these are the people that Ahaz is trusting. Yeah. So it's only a matter of time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think you know as you. As you think about that, how do you, yeah, how, yeah, I, how do those just practical generational realities of brokenness play out because of our sinful decisions? Yeah, and I, th- I think you see it here as you described it, Kyle, is uh, that the consequences of some of our sin are very significant, right? This isn't yeah. this isn't a moment where Ahaz can can a month later go, whoops, yeah, you know, right, I, yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I can see now this is bad. Yeah, like, even if you realize this sin. It's like, uh, hey, this is already underway, right? Yeah. The consequences are going to get played out, and there's yeah. no easy answers yeah. uh, to bring the real this back in. And yeah. I think, I think all of us can relate to that, where there are yeah. there are some bad choices we make with minimal consequences, yeah. and then there are some major sins we commit yeah. that can end someone's life, you know, right? That can, uh, you know, set our family on a on a trajectory that we just didn't see coming, yeah. but we can't undo that yeah. easily, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think, yes, for sure, the consequences of sin um, can, you know, I, I think God uses those natural consequences. Um, it, it can feel like punishment, and sometimes it is. It's it's a punishment because you chose yeah. very deliberately in my yes. face <laughs> yes. to say, I want evil, not good, right? Yeah. I, I mean, if those are the this is the choices Ahaz is making. If we make those choices in God's face, there's going to be punishment to that. There is Um, negative fruit. Paul says in Galatians chapter five, the fruits of the flesh, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Versus the fruits of the spirit. Fruits of spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, Mm -hmm. self-control. I think there's a couple other ones in there. And and then uh, the fruits of the flesh are, uh, they they are destruction, right? Mm-hmm. When you they are idolatry, they are mm-hmm. selfishness, they yeah. are you know a warring spirit. And you go back and, and you see that, and and that's I think God, if God is going to allow us autonomy and independence, yeah, He is also going to allow us to live in the consequences of our autonomy and independence, yeah. right? Yep. So when we choose to follow Him and obey Him, He blesses us. That's mm-hmm. the consequence of obedience is blessing. Yeah. Um, when we choose to rebel against Him. He allows us the fruit of our decision. He's mm-hmm. given us He's given us a sense of autonomy and freedom, and, and so. And I think what what we hear in this question, and, and yeah. we because we resonate with it, is I think we all struggle with. I'm okay with me experiencing the consequences of my sin. Yeah. And I think this is pointing out that happens, but also the community around us, our families, yeah. our community, yeah. our sinful choices do impact the people around us, and. And yeah. I think all of us could think of quickly examples yeah. where I, yeah. someone's private personal decision ended up, you know, really impacting yep. a, a wide group of people that yeah. they had no intention of harming or hurting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, that's unfortunately the nature of sin yeah. when we choose it. And I think, I think what you said, we can each individually just look back and go, oh yeah, 
I mean, I can look back upon my 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 grandparents' lives and mm-hmm. go, oh, you chose that. Yeah. <laughs> and it resulted in this. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, right? I'm trying to grow out of those patterns of brokenness yeah. with Jesus in my parenting and in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I think, yeah, I think we just can't be naive to think that our sin doesn't have long-term negative consequences. Yeah. That it's just between me and God, or yeah. it's just, you know, it's just between me and it's just mine independently. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. And, and the other side of it too, is that it also prevents us from fostering healthy habits to hand off. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if my sin of, let's say my sin is of, I just don't spend time in God's word. Right. I don't, um, I'm yeah. not, I'm not faithful to that. Mm-hmm. I, that's sinful. Mm-hmm. Right. I, just let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it, it's, it's not a God honoring decision. And, and, and I'm not saying we have to spend hours in God's word, but how are we cultivating that faithfully? Yeah. Well, if I don't cultivate that, I can't hand it off to my kids. Mm-hmm. And that, that has generational impact. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. My kids are going to watch me do a whole lot of other things. Yeah. But if they don't watch me taking God's word, well, I can't hand it off to them. Mm-hmm. And are they going to take it seriously? Well, who's going to help yeah. them take it seriously? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think we just can't be naive. And I know that sounds harsh, mm-hmm. but there is, there's a reality here that, we need to we need to call a spade a spade with our sin and go. Yeah, there are some things. And so, is God is God vindictively punishing generations? No, no, He's not right. some bully in the cosmic bully in the right. sky. Mm-hmm. But but there is there's a communal aspect to our sin. Yeah, and, and we just don't we philosophically we don't see that necessarily as much as the audience in Isaiah did. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we need to acknowledge it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and, and that's what I think Isaiah is trying to present here is that mm-hmm. I, it has. You made a you made a big bad decision. Yeah, yeah. and people are going to pay for it. Yeah, you made a bad decision, and it's going to hurt generations because of it. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to go that way, right? You know, and so um, and I yeah. think and I think then the you know as as we get closer to wrapping up here, I think the the good news of this season, right, is is just this amazing good news yeah. of Jesus coming to earth, you know, in, in this vulnerable form out of love for us. And, you know, I I think that's another one where you kind of go, okay, if, if God just left us with the consequences, we probably deserve that. That'd be fair, (laughs) Yeah, but he's not fair. He's gracious and merciful. Yeah. And, and so through his son, which we celebrate here at Christmas is, is provided a way to get us out of that. Yeah. Like, so there's consequences, but then often, uh, he graciously allows us not even to feel the full brunt of those yes. consequences yes. through his son. And yeah. when we lean into him, which is just, yeah, yeah, more than we deserve. It's more than we deserve. And even Isaiah's son's name, Shir Jeshuab, it literally means a remnant will survive. Mm. And so even in this passage, we see this, we see this double-sided or not double-sided, but it's, it's this twofold response of God. He, he allows Ahaz to be held accountable to his sin. Yep. And yet he says, I will draw faithfully towards you. I'll rescue you. I'll provide a sign. Yeah. I will make sure the Messiah will come. There will be a remnant of faithfulness that will exist, That's right? Awesome. Uh, even in the, even in the spoken name of Isaiah's son, Shir Jeshuab, and, and so, um, so it is that it is that it is that gracious, merciful drawing near to mm-hmm. us that God God says, yeah, "You made a mess of things, yeah, but I I love you so much. I'm not going to make you stay in that mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work." It's not going to be easy, yeah. but I'm more than sufficient to deliver you from it. And you'll experience that deliverance in part now, but you will experience that deliverance in, in 
fullness yeah. later. And I think that's also, there's a follow-up here to this question. It mm. says, is there hope provided God, is the hope God provides primarily on an eternal plane? Well, e- yes, mm-hmm. uh, it, it is in this eternal plane because our hope isn't in this life exclusively. Right. Or does this hope also play out in our worldly lives, in our lives here and now? And the answer is yes and yes. Yes, yeah. Right? We have this this deep eternal hope, and why we can have confidence in it is because God uh, bears fruit of that hope in our lives now. Yeah. We, I may not, I'm going to have to wrestle with my anger and my temper uh, till, till the day Jesus calls me home. Yeah, but not for eternity. But not for eternity. <laughs> yeah. And even here and now, as I faithfully walk with Jesus through it, I'm, I'm having victory, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm experiencing yeah. healing. Yeah. I'm experiencing deliverance. And so as I do that, my hope in Christ is fortified, Yeah, you know? And so yes, in eternity, mm-hmm. but also yes to, to now. And that's just a gracious, merciful gift of God. Yeah. You know, that we that see That was a here. great follow-up question. Just, that was a really good. Let us right into the. <laughs> that was a good, those are the two really good questions. And so thanks yeah. for hanging in with us yeah. here as we, uh, as I know a little bit longer than the normal here, but some really good questions. And especially that question about, about sin and how we view it and how the old Testament context viewed it mm-hmm. and, and just the, the, the frank realities of it, the practical realities of it. Yeah. Uh, but also the spiritual realities of mm-hmm. it, you know. So mm-hmm. love wrestling through these things here yeah. uh, with us as a body. So, Mark, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for letting me hang out, Kyle. Yeah, always, always a blast, man. It's a good time. Always. All right. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for joining us here on Beyond the Sermon Podcast. We will see you again next week as we uh, continue our Advent series, as we focus um, in and draw in on both remembering Jesus, that he, he came, and looking forward to his second coming. See you then. Thank you.